Well, good morning. Um, yeah, I'm not the normal guy. Uh, and you may have noticed we had some students up here leading us in worship. Um, so this was a Sunday that Jake told me, yeah, shout out to them. I appreciate their effort with practice this week and just preparing for um, leading us this morning. Um, so yeah, Jake told me I'd have this Sunday, the day before majority of kids go back to school this week, um, just to talk about what I've been doing with student life. Um, for those who don't know, I lead our student life ministry. Um, we meet and hang out and stuff, and I've been doing that for the past couple years. So um, yeah, just wanted to say, you know, start off, good morning. I don't, uh, I don't normally get up here uh, to teach, but it is truly a privilege and a terrifying experience um, to be here with you today. Um, but don't worry if, uh, you know, if I panic, if I have to throw in the towel. I've got some pictures of my kids, so we'll just, uh, we'll look at those. All will be well, and I'll, uh, yeah, so we've got to take that down or they won't look at me anymore. Um, so, and also, if you see my head getting kind of shiny, you know, it looks like, looks like I'm Travis up here because I'm sweating so much. Um, that is what the hand towel is for, so I'm prepared. I, uh, I got the privilege to do a wedding this last May uh, with some friends of ours, and when I wore a suit for that, and it was, I mean, it was May, it wasn't too hot, but I should have had a towel, like, it was rough. I was just, like, sweating so much, and then, like, um, so that's what I've learned. I've learned wear shorts, don't wear a suit, and uh, wear a towel, since I can't pull off skinny jeans like the rest of the guys that get up here, you know. <laughs> um, so let me take a moment here before I uh, kind of dive in just to pray and uh, share, what's, uh, share what's been going on. So... Uh, Father God, I just thank you for the opportunity you blessed me with um, to, to serve here at church, at our church, um, just with the students uh, that are in this community and those around them. Um, I just pray this morning, just the words that you've laid on my heart to share, that they would be from you and that uh, people would hear what, um, what you've been doing. And so with that, amen. Um, so what's my plan? What's our plan here? What's, what are we doing with student life? Um, I better have a pretty good one. Jake gave me the whole morning to talk about, um, but you guys will probably get to lunch early, let's be honest, I'm the youth pastor. So, <laughs> so I'm preparing for this morning, I wanted to look back, um, just kind of what God's been doing in my life the last two years, um, and where he's been leading me, my, our volunteers that I have, and our students just into this next school year and beyond. So let me explain, now there's too much, let me sum up. Um, so just over about two, thank you, I, my wife didn't get it, so I'm glad some of you guys <laughs> know the Princess Bride. Um, so it was about two and a half years ago, um, James Bergson was a pastor here, youth pastor here before me, um, and he was asked to be on a search committee for a youth pastor at Riverview Church in Ashland, and he found himself. Um, so yeah, yeah, that happened. So he said he'd be moving May of 2015. Um, James' advice to me this morning was in preparing was to tell a lot of stories and stuff, so had to tell that one. Um, at the time, he was my life group leader. He was a man I was serving alongside with in youth ministry, and he was also a really good friend, and still is. Um, I'd grown to, leaning, to learn and understand through life group and hanging out with him that um, leaning on Jesus and dependency and just to recognize God's control in my life. So, of course, my first thought was somebody else is going to take over that, right? Uh, they're going to lead. I can just keep on hanging out with them, and things will go back to normal. Um, that was not God's plan. Uh, what I've seen myself so often doing in my Christian life um, is coasting, uh, getting comfortable. I had a very nice day job. I'm a nerd by trade. I'm a systems administrator by day. Um, yeah, nerds, all right. Uh, <laughs> I have an amazing wife at home, a couple of kids. Um, yeah, I could swing by a gym once a week, hang out with some students, check that off my box, feel better about myself. Uh, and I started serving youth ministry like 10 years ago, uh, right out of college. And as I've come to find, God has no interest um, in me just having a comfortable life. Um, and 
just the life of sacrifice. How I was asked to take over for James um, in that role that he had as the campus life director with YFC and youth pastor of, of FLC. So, so one of my biggest struggles, uh, if I, if, yeah, I wrote this. If I'm reading this verbatim at this point, it's pretty much because being in front of people, especially playing my word, year olds, uh, a lot of dad jokes that never really tend to land. Um, I was not quite sure that uh, leading, leading youth group was going to be my thing. Sorry. Um, the spirit. I know. I know in the body, but a power, love, and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. That's a great verse. Um, in that moment, I could apply it, you know, read it to my life, and, you know, hundreds of keeping track of me coming to know Jesus. Um, for those of us, it's just impossible not to do in the back of your head. Um, things, the graph trended down. So in attendance, and I had so many students coming up to me, that sound, just how great James really boosted my self-confidence, or <laughs> the way you might think. Um, so as I dive into this morning, I just wanted to, like I said, I highlighted our, our students we've had help here to sing. We also have a message um, Lydia is working on some. Um, she's going to share that a bit later, but just wanted to, to highlight her gift and talent this morning. So um, my outline is blank. Uh, I guess Jake thought I would change it. Anything like this was probably read a lot in my head. So, um, so my first point, if you want to write it down, um, is just that God uses people for his glory, not theirs. Relearn is that my opportunity to serve in this capacity as youth leader has nothing to do with me. Uh, the acknowledgement of others that I people that God has chosen to gain a faith in his son Jesus, to experience his grace and love in their life, to grow in a knowledge of him, and to live a life glorifying his name. For me, getting a unique experience. So as I began to reflect on these past two years in preparation um, for this morning, Mind recently has been teaching me kids to a family or to a campground that my wife grew up going to, and they had like this family weekend thing. Um, so we spent two nights there, and there's some chapel services and stuff like that with the other families. Most um, and the book on that's the back growing up to those days in Sunday school, and um, you know I can picture the flannel graph board with a little Jonah on it, <laughs> the city of Nineveh, some people of Nineveh, some random fish. What all we got? How's it going? <laughs> you get a sense? I can think back. pretty much all heard it. So I, it's, you know, sometimes cut and dry. Jonah's told to go to Nineveh. He goes the wrong way. And God turns him around. And we see the people respond, and God's grace is on display. Really exciting. Um, but I'm not sure that's the whole story here. Yeah, we're missing almost part, right? We ran out of a little bit of a hero in it, in that he makes us to the city. He delivers God's message. And sometimes they just don't apparently have enough flannel to cover chapter four. So let me share the story and how I've seen my own struggle and how I've been going to chapter one story. Uh, Bibles, iPads, whatever. Um, I'm, like I said, most reading verbatim, but this part I'm kind of like summing up so we can move on. But that's chapter one, because he has seen it's get up, go to the, uh, and how wicked the people are. So we'd hope Jonah would be pumped. You have one job. As a prophet, to profess, you would think. So down to the port, get up, but no, he bought a ticket to Tarshish. Um, to give some geographical context here, uh, and I trust me, I googled this and researched it, you know. Um, the people of Israel were expanding their borders under the area on the Jeroboam, this eastern, whichever. Um, and Nineveh is the capital city of Assyria, about 120,000 people living in it. Um, so here we come to the idea, and it says, Jonah was Python in the Holy Grail, but the scene with the rabbit, and, you know, it's kind of the, maybe we can confuse him by running away more tactic, you know, that is not very effective. Um, and what's amazing here is that Jonah isn't this dumb. Um, he tells, I don't want to be harsh, but through, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. 
So he seems pretty aware of the fact that God is in control. Um, from what I can gather, Jonah doesn't last too. He says, you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. He has a knowledge of God of Israel and has heard stories and been taught these things about God. Pretty, pretty strong understanding. Um, it's just apparently he's kind of a jerk to myself. Um, I can so easily let my opinion of people and how I see them direct where I think God is wanting to go, even though it comes from him alone. Um, so next we see Jonah on the boat to Tarshish. You got this. <laughs> how's, it, how's it going, Art? Uh, so we see him others attempt to shout to their gods and fight against the storm, but Jonah lies asleep in the, in the ship's cargo hold. The sailors cast lots and find Jonah in craft. Like, that's what I always thought lots were, you know, which isn't biblically accurate, I don't think. Um, so, yeah, this brings me to point number two. Um, on God's mind, uh, God's not thwarted by Jonah's mistake. And he even used the mistake along the line to, for his glory. I'm, of course, not saying that means that we should intentionally toward him. We should. But we can't mess up his plan. Uh, I reflected on this story in my own life, and I think, man, I am not like Jonah. I'm glad I didn't run away from, like Lincoln, or especially God calling me and leading my family into that position of uh, leading youth group. Um, so I must be doing pretty good. Uh, but having the ability to look back at that first semester when I started uh, leading group and club, responsibility that I really didn't know how to handle, and um, instead of trying to like him, I ended up trying to hold on to the burden myself. I would stress over details, worry about attendance numbers, um, trying to compare myself to other groups in the area and other you know, youth groups and stuff. Um, what I wasn't away, I was, while I wasn't my running away physically myself, I've seen that at the time that I was seeking the credit for myself rather than um, seeking to glorify God by the work he was doing. Like Jonah, I had knowledge. My, um, so back to the story of Jonah. After Jonah admits to the sailors that he's kind of a big deal, that verse 9 where he talks about he, he serves the Lord God, uh, they freak out, you know, they're like, not in that excited way, like, oh my goodness, it's Jonah. It's a pretty, uh, pretty interesting, amazing statement. Um, what I've often been qu so quick to jump over here is that the sailors, like, truly, they're even God's power. With the whole storm, you know, completely capsizing their boat type of thing. Um, but, uh, but man, I, w I wonder what would happen if I told, like, a non-Christian friend, hey, man, I've just been, you know, stressing out. Like you just, I've been put look at me and just be like, what is wrong with you? Like you say you serve the God of heaven who made the land and the sea and you don't think he cares about every single student in every single building. Um, that didn't exactly happen that way, but God used other people in my life to help me see those things. Um, so back in the story here, the sailors asked Jonah, what should we do to stop the storm? And he said, um, not exactly a heroic statement, you would think. Um, somewhat more on the selfish side, and almost like, isn't that kind of another saying? You know, he should have picked the murderous pirate boat if he wanted this plan to work, not the you know just standard fisherman boat. Um, and the sailors don't even immediately do it. Jonas, like they try. So finally, they cry out to God and say, "Don't make us die for his sin, as you, O Lord, have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons." Uh, they throw him in the uh, throw him in, and the storm stops. We throwing him in. Nice. All right. <laughs> so it says the sailors then were awesome. That's by the Lord's great power. I'm gonna jump to the fish eating part. Um, but look at what like God used this circumstance in the life of a disobedient prophet to draw people, others to Himself. All this stress and worry of you being myself, but um, like Jonah and the whale at that point in time, I was never really never really saw God using my mistakes um, till. Till later, I felt like. So, um, so on to chapter, um, and I don't, I don't 
uh, I don't want to pretend to understand like what it takes for the adequate amount of oxygen for a human being to have inside of a fish. I'm aware that he, uh, but I think Jonah, and so he, he prays to God, never really apologizes throughout those verses, but um, he recommits to fulfill like all of his vows to the Lord and before he's uh, spit out onto the now he proclaims it's Jonah and my journey um, through youth ministry leadership. And I'll tell you the story of the time I spent night, a night in the trunk of a Toyota, way too parallel. Um, what I did find was support and accountability um, through my wife, past friends that got a place in my life, and they could pray for me and like not just try to fix me, but um, yeah, that point me towards God for trusting for changing my life. I learned that I needed to better include those around me when it came to leading clubs, connect with with the students, but, uh, to turn around. So with that, I've come to the third point in my outline. Um, God can use me. How you doing? It's usually funnier. Anyways. Um, so yeah, point number three. <laughs> God can use me where I'm at. I struggle with eloquence. I didn't think I should even write that word because I know me, you know, somewhat concerned. But how, you know, well thought out they are or if, if I'm not committed to showing the love of Jesus to the people I'm talking to. Uh, that goes double for a young mind, just talking at them and telling them how to live, how, what to do with their life, how to live their life. Um, so let's jump back into chapter three here as Jonah spit out onto the, onto the beach. Time, Jonah and see how he's doing. He enters the city of Nineveh and shouts to the crowds, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be overthrown. It was an entire five words in Hebrew, um, which I'm not going to say. My sermon, obviously. Um, Jonah gives no mention here of what the people have done wrong, what they can do to respond, or even that the God of Israel is the one who sent Jonah to deliver this message. I've always thought that the people of Nineveh, um, but this is a foreign enemy territory, over 120,000 people. Jonah isn't that famous. I'm thinking God is. So, so, like the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and how that was overthrown, or the Egyptians of Exodus. Um, there may be more details here that we don't have, but based on Jonah's attitude and that we see later in chapter 4, I would venture to say that the most compelling speech the people of Nineveh have ever heard, as it says, they believed God's message, that he did fast and put on birth from their evil, turn from their ways and violence. And he's even optimistic. In verse 9 it says, who knows, perhaps even yet, God will change his mind Hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. Their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction. Which it is, it's amazing. It's an amazing display of God's grace and mercy against this. <laughs> Things are great. Fold it up. Snack time. Uh, but wait. Wait. No. I don't have any snacks. Sorry. This is all a joke. You can have it. Uh, but here's my final point in the outline. God's ways are higher than my ways. Um, I've read chapter four quite a bit for this, and I barely want to anymore, uh, um, but that I've seen Jonah's attitude reflected in my own heart at times, uh, which pretty much sucks to recognize and admit, so it's hard to keep reading. Um, but I'm thankful, because God can change that in me. Yeah, verse 1 says, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry, so he complained to the Lord about it. I knew, didn't I, you were a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me. Now, Lord, I'd rather be dead. Experienced recently similar to what Jonah's was, but I did not ask God to kill me. I was never that angry about what he was doing. Uh, what I've seen, though, is that there are times in my life when I don't celebrate what God is doing in the lives of others, which is a and because of my attitude that I admit. Um, God has done amazing things through me and throughout my life. And my flesh is selfish enough to tell me that it's not enough, that it's got to be groups of 50 to 100 students and one to five students. 
There is no difference in those gatherings for the amount of love that God has for each of those young people. And all he's asking me to do is to show that then and there. He isn't I ever could come close to, and it's his heart that I need to draw on from to be able to be, to truly love them, not my own. Week. Um, so I consider the desire for them uh, is to understand the grace and love of God for their lives, um, to grow in a knowledge of him each day, and to feel equipped and prepared to show that love to their peers. And what I've, yeah, I want them to, to grow in a knowledge of him each day and feel equipped and prepared to show that they're that love to their peers in what I've seen is one of the most difficult mission fields they've been hill both ways. Still, to quote the old adage. Um, there's unreal expectations set by social media, cyberbullying, and many other broken homes. There's factors, um, and I think it's just harder in this day and age. So currently how we're um, actively like trying to equip students in that way is just by um, meeting with them, what I desire and hope for our students. Um, for them to know that they can have a place that is safe and open and where they can share like things that suck about. Um, so, like I said, and my, I told my wife I was gonna read it because yeah, I'll, we'll, I'll wrap things up here. But um, So yeah, I wanna say like a special thanks to Josh and Courtney McIver for everything that they do um, to impact the lives of students and this will heart for young people. Uh, working together, we want to show students that they are valuable. It's a big one. economy. And through some of these outings, service projects, group meetings, um, we want to build community in their lives as students so they can connect with God in a real way. Um, for students, what, I, what I'm able to pull together on a Wednesday sometimes isn't perfect. Um, but I want to create a place where you can experience genuine community that is honest, open, and safe for you if you don't measure up. Live in a world, um, not only is a group like that something that can be impactful in your life, um, but your presence is incredibly important in building that community and building up the lives. Uh, it's never, um, but it's about the hearts and lives of you and your peers. Uh, if you'd like to volunteer with us, parents, other adults, that's everything, um, for gatherings, that's a good one, uh, or any other idea, please contact me, of course. Um, the expression of it takes a village, I think, might be an utter statement when it comes to the support needed when raising teenagers. Uh, what is the passion and commitment to the lives of students? And I hope that uh, we've continued to exemplify that in the heart and the community that we've this morning. And just drop a little, drop a little flannel on you. And uh, just to serve in the lives of students here in, in Omaha. Um, I, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Give opportunity for some of our students just to show some of their talents. Um, those that wanted to sing, those that have our big uh, artistic, yeah, it's important for them to to know that they can be, you know, part of our impactful and part of our church and leadership, and to to continue to have more opportunities like that. So, um, just while I'm praying, but Father God, uh, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for um, each and every person in this room. Just that for them. You've just, yeah, you've given me a heart for service and for those here as well, just to know that they are, um, that they've supported me in that and supported the others that are part of that. Um, I just pray the next level, middle school, high school, all the hierarchies that have to be reset and all the things they have to figure out with their days and stuff like that. Just um, help them to, help them to not hire, um, other people around them to lean on and to trust or, and to, yeah, grow in accountability and, and faith in you. Um, so, it's the unity that we have.
you know, to be impactful here in the community of Ralston and Greater Omaha. Um, and I pray that we would, yeah, make the most of every opportunity. Uh, we love you and we praise you. Amen. Amen.